0: Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2021. My name is Amato, he/him, and with me are Tori, they/them,
1: and Tara.
0: And we're going to want at least one, preferably two, comic relief animals also.
2: Well, I I have my dog with me, but I think instead of comedy she'll provide barking.
0: Okay. I've got a tank full Maybe of Maybe that's over her way there. of telling
2: a joke.
1: I can <laughs> crawl around, I guess.
0: It could help. I mean, in a pinch we can take a rug.
1: Look. <laughs> mm. <laughs> The, the carpet in Aladdin is, the standard set by that carpet is ridiculous. It's like an action hero in every moment of its existence.
2: I mean, it's, it is interesting to think about the carpet, like just kind of like hanging out in the Cave of Wonders for God knows how long. And then like just being so excited to be around people. It's like, Aladdin, you're my new best friend.
0: Well, speaking of friends, it's friends with the genie, right? Like from previous mm-hmm. to the movie. I want to know that backstory.
2: Well they they were trapped together. Well, yeah, but the genie couldn't come out of the lamp. I don't know. Yeah. Right.
1: I would I would like to believe I would like to believe that everyone who enters that cave and rubs that genie's lamp finds a way to kill themselves inside the cave. And this is just an ongoing cycle. They're just waiting for someone to figure out. Oh, let's just wish ourselves out of the cave instead of conjure up something that's going to kill us accidentally. So yeah, I went to Disney
0: Sea at one point, uh, which is the other Disneyland outside of Disneyland Tokyo. Okay, and the one one of the few things I remember doing is seeing an Aladdin stage show, but it was about. The genie with a previous owner who was like some kind of stage magician or something i, I forget the details
2: hmm.
1: did you know that there's a an aladdin tv show episode where the only surviving um former master of the genie is like trying to get him back <laughs> apparently he can just get the genie back and like get three more wishes or something i don't I don't know how that all works. but
2: Then why wouldn't we're... you not just trade it around in a group of friends, right? Or just back and forth? You and your wife, just like, here's the lamp. Okay, three wishes, here's the lamp.
0: That makes sense. But back up a moment. There's an Aladdin TV show.
1: Well, there, there used to be back <laughs> in the before times.
2: Yes. Um, it was a good one. I remember sitting for letting my computer run for hours and hours and hours without going to sleep in college, just so I could torrent the entire Aladdin TV show so that Tarin and I could watch it, Yeah, which we did.
0: Well, yeah, I'm joking. That's why I invited Tarin on as a guest is because I remember you two telling me that you were rewatching the entire Aladdin TV show at some point. And I was just kind of surprised, like, oh, yeah, I guess that's a thing you could do. For Look. myself...
1: Look, the, the Aladdin television show sounds like the same kind of knockoff, terrible cartoon spinoff of a movie that you would expect, but and that everyone has seen before with other every other property. But this one won like five daytime Emmy awards for sound quality, basically. And um, sound quality. I think the first half of it's actually quite good. So.
2: It is. Like it's like it's a little motto. hit or miss. <laughs> it's a little hit or miss with the animation, um, I will say. But like, I don't know, it's fun. I like the the fantasy plots they develop, like the strange mystical things that happen are oftentimes very fun and and creative.
0: Hmm. Well, I definitely, you know, saw Aladdin multiple times because we had it on VHS like you did. And I definitely saw Return of Jafar as a kid even though that wasn't supposed to be a movie until the last minute, it was supposed to be like the pilot for the TV show, apparently. And I must've seen Prince of Thieves. Cause I remember like Kasim as a um, visual design. That's about it. And <laughs> I know I saw at least a little bit of the TV show. Cause I remember them solving the riddle of the Sphinx at some point.
1: Hmm. As you do.
2: Yeah. Okay. Why are we talking about I
1: Aladdin?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think way back when Tori was talking about going back and re-watching old Disney Afternoon cartoons, I looked into which Disney cartoons had a like, you know, strong, visible presence on the internet with like, fan fiction history that I could delve into. And Rescue Rangers was top of that list, which is why we did Rescue Rangers. And... That's not to say that Aladdin was a Disney Afternoon cartoon, because I don't think it was, but, you know, whatever. But the Aladdin fandom did have their own fan fiction archive, which is still up online, in the, like, kind of mid-2000s, called mm-hmm. The Library of Agrabah. And um, that was enough for me to be able to find fanfics that I had some reason to think might be good, uh, even if I was potentially wrong. But we'll get there. And so... You know they've got they've got some top ten lists there, okay? And it's not like curated top ten lists; it's just based on some kind of rubrics or metrics. So like, uh, ten favorite stories and ten favorite authors, and you know, ten most reviewed stories and ten most prolific authors, okay? And mm-hmm. this story slash author was on all of those lists, as well wow. as ten most prolific reviewers. It wasn't a huge fandom. We're talking 167 authors on the archive, according to the site info, um, and 530 stories. So, like, that's, you know, not a small number of stories, but it's also kind of a small number of stories as mm-hmm. these things go. And so I was looking around for something that was clearly, clearly had material from the TV show, because I wasn't going to bother with, like, just, you know, characters who are in the movie or whatever. Um, And I, it... And it pleased me to pick someone who was on the top 10 favorite authors list. And so anyway, I, I ended on this story. It was one of a few that I could have done that all got good ratings and, you know, some number of reviews and that kind of thing. And it's called Jeweled Entrapment, and it's by Mystic Meg, who again was a reasonably high uh, participant in this fandom. They are also on the most prolific reviewers list though you know in the middle of the pack there and before we go any further talking about this fanfic i would like to note that the author was 16 when they wrote this so there's that
1: that's what i was going to mention um (laughs) not to spoil things but there there are a few writing choices that remind me of my 13 year old self so um. yeah
2: yeah, I think we'll get to those. I have to say, Mystic Meg is a great name, though. Like a handle that has what I assume is the author's like given name or IRL name, but also the word Mystic.
1: Agreed. It's good. Yeah, good handle.
0: I was kind of appreciating recently that like my oldest kid ended on a an internet handle that we've used for a couple of things. That is, you know two random words matched together with an underscore and then we can just use it for everything no one no one used that handle like it's it's really nice when you have something that's just like not used elsewhere and is you know mystic meg like that's unique enough that you could probably run with that a few different places and not or at least you could have in the mid 2000s without running into other people having already taken it simpler times i just
2: like the idea yeah true (laughs) <laughs> I like the idea of just having like an alliterative moniker and a name, you know? It's not as um, often done on the internet.
0: Amazing a motto.
2: Perfect. Run with it.
1: Terrific Taran. Actually Tori drew me, like, put my letters onto the side of this little like poster and then put put words describing me based on the five letters of my name. And I still have it, and they're all like super practical. They're they're not like terrific, you know, but like <laughs> um teasing, you know, and stuff like that.
2: I was they're... trying to nail nail your personality. Like, we know you're terrific, but so is everybody that I know. So,
1: I treasure it always. <laughs>
0: treasured Tory. oh there you go so this fanfic it's from 2005 uh written between january and april 2005 i probably could have found a better aladdin fanfic through other recommendations but not one that was as old and you know that's my primary concern
1: actually i read that it was written in 1998
0: but posted oh, in 19... 2000 oh is yeah. that right i didn't see that detail Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense too. Well, that means that this, there must have been a previous
1: location,
0: I feel like, for the Disney's Aladdin fandom. Because, like, would you, they've been using fanfiction.net in, like, '98? Or, she she mentions
1: fanfiction. Sorry. She she mentions fanfiction.net as somewhere she originally posts a lot of her stuff, I think. Okay. Or used to, I
0: guess. And I also want to apologize for the author because. I used to be a lot better about contacting authors before uh, before we did a podcast about one of their fanfics. And I feel like since I moved my efforts into getting remote guests, I've just totally fallen off of the wagon in terms of like actually contacting the authors of the fanfics. And I should have at least tried the Yahoo email that's still on their Library of Agrabah account there. Like, it's sitting right there. But I didn't.
2: Sorry. Oh, yeah. What are the chances that they're still using their yahoo email from like the year 2000
0: though some people do or at least you know occasionally poke in or have some sort of announcement sent to the email they actually use i don't know
2: it has. i guess it would make you? more sense hmm.
1: i think Amato is the only person i know who still uses an email that i that i used with him like 15 years ago You still use the hotmail account, right? Oh, sorry. Maybe I shouldn't. It's almost like doxing. Anyway.
2: Now people know (laughs) where to contact me. On hotmail. (laughs) (laughs) Just gotta guess. Guess the hotmail (laughs) handle. It's amazing Uh, a lot out. No worries. Yep, Uh, that's from
0: high school or something. Early high school.
2: I was just thinking, though, I guess it makes more sense that if you were, like, a fairly prolific fanfiction writer, you would hold on to an email that people could contact you about your old fanfiction with. At least I might. Yeah. It might be nice to hear about your old uh, your old works.
0: Yeah, that's only if you want anybody to read or comment on your old works, which a lot of fanfiction authors are have been very gracious about, and a few are just like, ah, uh, please don't.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm the sort of person who is like, uh, my old art and fiction, get me as far away from that as you can, please.
0: Well, apologies aside for uh, not trying to contact and for maybe not picking the best fanfic, which we'll get to shortly. We should probably talk about the fanfic. It's called Jeweled Entrapment. And when I when I was offering, like, two fanfics, I think they were both by Mystic Meg as opportunities. And I was like, "I was like, would well, you want to read a fanfic with Kasim, or do you want to read a fanfic with, uh, what's his name, Rath and Sidira?
1: Hmm.
0: And I feel like one of you, I think Tarin, you were like, oh, Rath is terrible. Yep. Is that his name? And yep. I'm very yeah. sorry that you ended up with a fanfic with just a worse Mosenrath. it seems like.
2: Heavily <laughs> featured as the yeah. antagonist.
1: Yeah. I, I, was, I was
2: literally thinking the same thing.
1: It <laughs> seemed pretty ironic, yeah.
2: Because, you know,
0: that wasn't labeled in the characters, like, featured characters in the fanfic thing.
1: Um,
0: Right. Let's jump into it. What's this fanfic about to begin with? We have kind of our two sets of protagonists at the very beginning.
1: Yeah, so we have Kasim and Iago fresh off of the end of the third movie um, in there in the Den of Forty Thieves, I guess, which is where Kasim and his 40 thieves (laughs) were hanging out and then iago finds it like roots around for one of his treasure maps is like let's go find this random treasure um kasim and kasim's like okay and then on the other hand we have aladdin's group and aladdin's basic and they're in the palace and aladdin's doing what must be a common like after the movies aladdin fan fiction theme which is Aladdin's getting bored doing like boring palace stuff though. It's almost like everyone else is being bored for him. And he's like, no, I got to show the Sultan. I'm a good letter reader or whatever.
0: Yeah. I I liked that scene. (laughs) I I mean, that scene made me laugh because Jasmine finds Aladdin in like some archives room going through like trade route, you know, maps or something and kind of clearing out ones that are no longer relevant sort of thing, which is most of them. And he's like, oh yeah, no one's been like keeping up on this. And Aladdin's like, yeah, you know, your your father expects me to be able to do this kind of thing and like ask me to do this. And I was like, oh screw you Sultan, you haven't done any work on trade routes. Don't <laughs> like don't try to tell me that you have any idea about these logistics.
2: yeah he actually says like um in talking to jasmine that um these things haven't been gone through in like 15 years or something she's like and, and the piles there's a funny moment uh there's some good humor in this there's a funny moment where she's like oh which is the you know the keep pile the discard pile it looks like a mess And it ends up being that like the keep pile is like one or two papers and the discard pile is just spilling over the desk itself. Um, But what this does well is does that thing where it's like, yeah, of course, Aladdin, the adventurer, who's like lived on all the streets, like lived on the streets and like, you know, fought for his meals, is not going to adapt super quickly to this palace life, but is going, or this, I guess, bureaucratic sort of life, but really wants to, right? He wants to impress the Sultan, and he wants to be with Jasmine and make this new life. It's just maybe not actually for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, even if it's not for him, like all of his friends are basically trying, like messing around, like Iago and Abu are constantly getting into fights. Genie is just kind of being a lesser form of himself in this fic and just kind of being goofy. Um, and Jasmine's like, oh, don't work too hard, you know. And and me- meanwhile, I'm here like, you know what? If Aladdin's in charge of the bureaucratic stuff, maybe Jafar had a point. Maybe this is just a corrupt administration. Jafar was getting everything done and getting no credit. So I don't I don't know if that's true, but Jafar is terrible. Let's not try to run a uh, what's the word? Rehabilitate Jafar.
0: We are not Jafar apologists, but. Yeah, obviously obviously the Sultan does no work himself and delegates and in that sense maybe this makes sense in that the Sultan is just delegating to Aladdin and being like, oh yeah, you, you need to be able to do this stuff so that I don't have to do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the implication of the scene. But um, it is interesting to think about like every good villain kind of comes from a reasonable place. Like talking about Jafar, right? It's like If he's, yeah, if he's just like really, he was kind of underappreciated by the Sultan. I think that was clear in the movie. He just had a completely irrational response to that.
1: Yeah, and so that goes on for a few chapters. And then back over with Kasim and Iago, they basically get to a temple in a day of horse riding, which I guess means it must've been within like 25 miles or something, which is kind of weird. but The author Depicts that it's going to be really hard to find this temple, that where where this treasure is. And there's even though there's like this little plaque that says, "Oh, temple that way." And then they go up up the mountain to the temple, and then they sort of accidentally stumble on it. It's like, how 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 did other people not? Anyway,
0: well, to be fair, they search and search and search for a long time until it's like getting dark or something, isn't it? And then then they accidentally stumble on it after having failed to actually find it, like right. by searching. But backing up to Kasim and Iago, um, I I know I have seen Aladdin and the Prince of Thieves. I really don't remember it. Do Kasim and Iago have a lot of time together in that movie, or is them going together kind of just a development at the very, very end?
1: So I actually, in preparation for this, I, I watched both Return of Jafar and King of Thieves, just for your reference. And um...
0: I'm sorry that you watched it is so far.
1: Y- your your I think your your memory is pretty much correct. They Casimir is basically like Iago, you're kind of a rascal, right? Like kind of at the end and they're going the other yeah, they don't develop much of a relationship.
0: Well, Maybe. I was going to say uh, that that was my vague recollection, but I kind of like that then because as depicted in this fanfic, they don't like they're partners but that does seem like a recent thing like they don't have an easy camaraderie they have kind of like a they kind of get on each other's nerves a lot and don't necessarily fully trust each other or each other's methods or like even motivations it's like there there's an affection there clearly but it's not like a an easy simple uh comfortable relationship and that i thought kind of came through in the writing
2: well yeah, I do actually appreciate how their relationship is developed. Um, it what wasn't consistently clear to me is why it seems like they're so stuck together. Like so Cassim is, you know, he's he can't return to Agrabah because he is wanted in Agrabah. So he's just gotta like keep his distance. And that's something that's kind of developing at the time is like Aladdin maybe misses his dad even though he hasn't known him very long, but like Cassim feels guilty. I don't understand why Iago feels such a responsibility to be with Kasim, um, except that maybe they're like personalities in a way. Um, and I do like that it seems like a pattern that they've done this treasure hunting together before. Like it's something they're both interested in.
1: I think I think the treasure hunting is key there. For whatever reason, in the TV series, Return of Jafar and King of Thieves, Iago is like stationed in the palace of agrabah and yet for some reason is incredibly greedy nonetheless like it's it's like it's like he knows that at any moment he could get kicked out and he definitely like really wants his own independent source like massive amount of wealth um which you know i guess that's fair but what's weirder to me is that kasim is sean connery right he's sean connery as a thief like, literally, the voice actor. And in this, he seems more like kind of dopey dad who isn't much of an action hero kind of guy. I don't know.
0: Yeah, he doesn't do a whole lot of action heroingness, but he definitely is portrayed as like an adventure. It's like he's. If Yago's doing it for greed, Kasim's doing it for sport. Like, Kasim just likes tracking down treasures it seems like i think that's fair
2: yeah um and you know it is i think we're gonna get into the plot a little bit more but i will just say this like to start it's kind of weird how characters are glossed a little in this fanfic like it seems like a lot of things center on aladdin and they center on aladdin being a hero which may be the reason that Kasim seems like a little I don't know, less capable or shunted to the side, because Aladdin takes the lead in most elements of the conflict. Um, even to the point where like I keep getting frustrated with other characters. Because I'm like, especially Jasmine. I'm like, why are you just being so damsel and distress-y? Anyway.
1: Yeah, that's rough. Anyway, well, let's let's get to that part. So uh uh kasim and iago enter the temple there's i guess piles of treasure but iago is like focused on the blue sapphire in some sort of i guess some sort of urn or something i, I couldn't tell like but but just like the first aladdin movie removing that gem is not the best idea um and in the process of of taking it, uh, the, I guess the play starts to collapse. Is that what happened?
0: No, it doesn't start to collapse. It's just that uh, someone's imprisoned in the
2: sapphire, like happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think, right? Because it's almost exactly like that scene where Abu touches the thing he's not supposed to touch at the Cave of Wonders. But, no, it's Iago taking this gem. And Kasim, I think he realizes it right before he reads some sort of inscription that says some great evil is trapped in the gem. And he's trying to tell Iago, and what Iago does is just like, no, you just want it for yourself. Which, you know, is in character for Iago, even though I don't think he has a reason to think Kasim would. He's just so focused on, you know, getting this gem for himself. Makes me wonder what happened in his youth that, you know... (laughs) He's just, he can't let it go that way. He doesn't trust people. But anyway, yeah, he gets, uh, he does touch the gem and it does release a great evil. Two
0: things. First story, I, I was looking at a fanfic that would have been heavily involved in Yago's backstory, I think. But I think it also seemed <laughs> to like retread some of the, you know, Aladdin movie or Return of Jafar events. And I was like, eh, let's do some other parts. So we didn't read that one, sorry. And also... I did appreciate in this fanfic, it's not touching the gem that releases, you know, the evil being imprisoned in it. It's very specifically letting the gem touch sunlight, which is totally oh, right. arbitrary, but I liked that little arbitrary touch. Like, you, you know, jumping ahead later on when they're discussing, like, trying to recapture the being uh, in the gem, they're like, okay, yeah, and, like, if we do this, then we need to get it back to the temple without letting it touch sunlight. Because that's that's just how this thing works.
1: But Or, or maybe... Or maybe we put it in a, in a box, and then, <laughs> and then it yeah, won't I touch mean, sunlight.
2: It's not that hard. Yeah, you know, before Tard said that, I was going to be like, oh, this fanfic does a good job of paying attention to the details, which it does. Like, there is a detail of Yago being allergic to lilies, uh, which comes back up. But there are several ways in which this not-touching sunlight thing could have been remedied, and it wasn't. But I, we'll, we'll get there. Let's move through this sort of thing.
0: Yeah. I've been talking about an evil entity imprisoned in the gem, and here's where we start running into some problems, I feel like, because the two problems are, okay, what's imprisoned in the gem is an evil sorcerer named Rakeen, and there's two problems with this, and one is that it's another freaking evil sorcerer, and I know enough about Aladdin to know that, like, we have enough evil sorcerers, we don't need any more evil sorcerers, it's okay, And the other problem with Rakim is that he's the worst and not in like a fun, like love to hate way, just in like, you are the laziest caricature of a villain and you're terrible and I hate your existence.
2: It's funny that y'all said he was a worse Mosenrath earlier, because when I was reading this, I was thinking he was just a worse Jafar. Like I had that in my head. I was like, I'm going to say that. He's a worse Jafar. The other weird thing about this sorcerer is he, his name is Rakim which, you know, that's that's a legitimate name. But apparently he's blonde-haired, which I don't think Hmm. any of the other characters in Aladdin are. Maybe it's just, and green-eyed. Maybe it's just him being a sorcerer. Maybe he's got, like, freaky light hair and green eyes. But yeah, he comes out of the gem, and he's just kind of, I don't know. He's It's hard to describe his personality other than evil sorcerer, right? He's just like, ha-ha-ha, I have power.
0: (laughs) Well, he is very, very chatty. There's that.
1: I don't know if he's evil. Like I'm almost to the point where like like he has so many opportunities in this fic to do evil things and instead like literally for half of the fanfic which I know we're getting getting ahead of ourselves, but for half the fanfic he's literally sitting on the throne. I I don't know why. in in many times he gets just they're like please don't hurt and he's like okay i will engage in some exposition instead of hurting anyone it's like (laughs) what are you gonna do next rakim and he's like i'm gonna go take over another kingdom and it's like well well you you did take over this one without really any bloodshed whatsoever So I guess you can just go around to random palaces and sit on thrones and call yourself king and that'll be it. I guess you can call yourself king of the world then, you know?
2: I do feel like, and this is the reason I compared him to Jafar, is his motivations are they're a little unclear because at first he sees Kasim and Kasim's like Oh, he, oh, he finds a photo in Cassim a photo? That can't be, there yeah. can't be a photo. Whatever. It's it was, I, some kind of illustration. Okay. That just occurred to me. Uh, a picture, right? And Qasim's like, oh, that's my son. And he's like, oh, your son's really rich. He's a prince, you know? He's like, yeah, he's the prince of agraba So Kasim assumes that Kasim is the king of agraba that Aladdin is the prince by being his son. I don't know why he assumes that, but he does. I guess it's fair. Like, it's an easy mistake. So he's like, oh, I'm going to go take over Agrabah. But it's like, why? Yeah. Like, just because you met this guy and he happens to, on your assumption, be the king of Agrabah, that's where you're going to go. Like, it doesn't actually give you any advantage because he could take Kasim hostage and be like, I have the, the sultan or the king, which he assumes he is. But he actually really doesn't, I don't think.
0: Yeah that's part of the problem with him is that his motivation for attacking Agrabah specifically is literally just like being reminded that Agrabah exists. That's really it. And also he sees the, the picture of Aladdin and Jasmine. He's like, Oh, she's hot. I guess I'll marry her. And it's like, we did this with Jafar and it was creepy, but it felt more motivated in that Jafar specifically wanted to be, you know, sultan of agrabah because that's where he lived and worked and like he specifically wanted to marry jasmine because that gives him legitimacy to be the sultan of agrabah and it's just so
1: out of the
2: blue for this dude and we haven't yeah that's we haven't, kind of where it's going originally
1: we haven't mentioned that he's been trapped for 500 years and, and and when he's trying to get with jasmine he says you're the most beautiful woman in the seven deserts or whatever and literally by that point he has ridden a flying horse straight from his cave to the palace. So he has literally seen one woman and has decided that she's the most beautiful. Like maybe it's just flattery, but then yeah. why would he go to the same, the length that he goes to to try to get, her? he doesn't even like try to force her necessarily to marry him. He's like, honestly confused. He's like several times. He's like, you really like that guy. You don't like me more for for no reason, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's very weird. Oh, also, he has a falcon. Like, the falcon yeah. doesn't matter. If he talks to it a lot. Um, but yeah, we should mention that there's a falcon.
2: Yeah, Criseus. I think is how you would say it. I think it's Greek, right? Uh, Criseus. I don't know. Um, but. The falcon is interesting because it's another animal familiar. Um, the one weird thing about yeah his motivations with Jasmine is like I actually don't remember how long has he been imprisoned. Like obviously he's seen other women before, so and I don't even know how old he's supposed to be. Do that? Does the author make that clear? Do you all know?
1: I I think he says five hundred year or yeah I think the genie says five hundred years, and. Genie's been around for only like slightly longer than that or something. I believe so.
2: Right. Because Genie's the one who like kind of knows who he is. Sorry, I'm trying to remember.
1: Yeah,
0: just by bad reputation. I do appreciate Crisis the Falcon, both because like you said, Tori, it's like, yeah, you have an animal familiar. That's like the done thing in this milieu, right? And so it feels right. And it gives him someone to talk to sometimes, I guess. And it also is kind of a vector for slightly interesting things to happen in the action sequences i'm not going to say interesting but like (laughs) slightly more interesting than they could have been and so for example we can jump around a little bit here because it's that kind of story right at at one point uh the characters are escaping via genie transforming into an airplane and also like this the flight attendant on the airplane like you do or whatever and so they're like flying away on that and um and Rakim gets to pursue them by making the falcon grow into a giant bird, which is also super Arabian Nights, right? Because, like, you got rocks all over the place in, like, you know, things like uh, Voyages of Sinbad and that sort of thing. And so mm-hmm. it, it felt good. It felt satisfying for there to be a falcon around who sometimes gets turned giant magically and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There actually is an episode of the Aladdin series where they find a baby rock. Um, I'm sure there do. is, and they raise it. And they, I think they they return to it small eventually. It's super cute. But anyway, aside from that, um, yeah, like kind of what I would call a standard plot, but maybe not in the way the Aladdin series would have done. And I feel like they would have, we would have thrown in something else a little bit. But I do appreciate that it kind of keeps that Aladdin tone of fighting the evil sorcerer. Um, one thing I appreciate is the attention paid to each character. Like Abu is given attention in his own personality, Iago, and even Iago and Abu, like having reluctant affection for each other. Genie's transformations are often, they're good, but I feel like they could be described better because it's usually like Genie becoming a stewardess said this. And I just feel like it doesn't put me in the scene. And I was a little frustrated by that. Because even though I could see it, I couldn't quite be there.
0: Um, Yeah, I was going to praise Genie in general also, because let's be clear, he has no character arc or any kind of, like, specific thing to be doing character-wise in this story. He's just there for comic relief and to do Genie things. But it did feel like the author was having fun finding Genie things for him to say and little mini transformations to do while he was saying them for a lot of the fanfic. And so, like, um, yeah, he says something when he turns into a plane where I was just like, that is, it's not brilliant, but it's, like, it's a perfectly acceptable thing for Genie to say in this in this context, right? He, he was like, yeah. you know, um, if everybody would take their seats and put on their seatbelts, we'll be departing shortly to out of here, and, like, they fly away really fast, and it's, it's like, satisfying. I feel like satisfying is the word that, I would use to describe like a lot of kind of the general tone of this fanfic, though not all of the plot details and not all the characterization.
1: Yeah. Um, as for the So just broad strokes of the plot. So yeah, Rakim hears about Agraba, heads to Agrabah, and then I guess Kasim and Iago get there first and warn everybody, but it doesn't really matter. Um, And Cassim's still wanted, but, like, there's an emergency, so they're going to ignore it for now. Um,
2: yeah, speaking of that, like, Kasim, actually, I in, in reflecting right now, I'm just thinking about this. Kasim going there, despite knowing that he could be arrested, is actually, like, a really strong point in his favor as a character. He's already been thinking about Aladdin and, like, wanting to be with him. I feel like in ways, because I'm not sure if, and Taran, you watched the movie more recently than I did, but if, uh, was it King of Thieves is the name of the third movie? I'm yeah. not, yeah. I- I'm not sure if it does as good a job of, like, showing his remorse for not being around as a father, right? Like, he does, but it's not like, wow, what are we gonna do about this whole thing? Like, Aladdin had to sleep on the streets and steal to survive um Cassim you need to step up now and i feel like he's like in a strong that's part of the story here is Cassim's desire to be a father it's just that he can't because he's an exile but this was a really strong and satisfying action on his part to like be like I don't care what happens to me I need to warn my son
0: yeah I think that's the best emotional thread is that kind of you know, Aladdin and and him have been reunited as of the third movie, but there's like these familial like these desires to be closer to each other, but also practical obstacles, and also just like not being that familiar with each other, really. Um unfortunately, in terms of the plot, like it gets pretty muddled here. Like, there, there's the plot thread where where Rakim thought that Kasim was the Sultan of Agrabah. And, you know, because they get their first and warn people and they're like, okay, play along with that because that's like an edge we have on him that he doesn't know what's going on. And then, you know, like the actual sultan at one point comes in and Jasmine refers to him as like a vizier or something. And it's like, just just go along with it. But then that doesn't actually come to anything. It's like Raheem finds out later on. He's like, oh, actually you're the sultan. Great. So you're the person I'm deposing. Done. It there's, look hard yeah, to no, you.
1: for real. There's, there's a lot of almost like red herrings like where, where it seems like the something something's going to resolve and then boom so, suddenly like oh he's back and it's almost like their escape scene is like played out over like 12 chapters or something um, and this is a 28 chapter f- fanfic but it felt like you could pretty much hit every plot element in one episode one TV show episode um, I don't know. I, I can't tell if I like that every time it seemed like they're going to get some respite. They don't. They do get one period after Aladdin gets injured and rests up and is super like healed. But other than that, it's like kind of non-stop action-ish. It's like he, he enters the palace, he captures them, they spend a bunch of chapters trying to free themselves.
2: I've been trying to pin down like, from the start of this, kind of my frustration with the story. Like, because it's, to me, it's strange. It reads like the plot of an Aladdin episode, or, or like, there's so many things that are Aladdin about it. And superficially, we mentioned descriptions of the genie and the character's dialogue really on point. You know, genie's transformation's on point. Every character's dialogue on point. It just, for some reason, still feels rote. And I think coming up against that, um, the tension of like, yeah, the things that you think are going to be plot twists or you think are going to be lead-ins end up not mattering. And like, I don't mean this to be too hard on the author, um, but it almost feels like they had an idea of the formula of Aladdin without thinking about the repercussions of each action or introduction. And with fan fiction, it's written along the way. So it's entirely possible, you know, that they just kind of lost track of the things they set up as they were setting them up. It, it does sort of feel like a story where it was like, oh, this feels like Aladdin. But how will I follow up on that? And it doesn't quite get resolved. Like setting up the thing with Kasim, being mistaken for the Sultan was a great idea. It just it didn't matter. Yeah. And I felt it, like but, if it had mattered, it would be so strong.
1: It, it could have if it had been played out a little bit more, it would have been. It could have been nice. Um, I want to talk about my favorite part of this, of the series of them trying to get everyone away from Ra'kim. Mm-hmm. Sort of my favorite part, and it's after everyone except Jasmine has sacrificed herself to like stay with Ra'kim, and Ra'kim lets the others go, and Jasmine stays, and in, and in is at his side, in his in her own throne, he conjures out of nowhere. And so they're going to try to rescue her. And then so so they have to come up with a diversion. It's like this big, ooh, they're going to come up with a diversion. And it's the greatest diversion of all time, in my opinion. Because here's what happens. Within the span of, so Aladdin and Rakim exchanged like 24 threatening words. And then the author says, the convent, and, and then Raheem slowly approaches Aladdin as they're having this conversation, and it says, "The conversation went staggering on." Okay, in the period of time where the conversation is staggering on, this happens. Jasmine is called over to a pillar, takes a lockpick from Kasim. or no, from Aladdin, unlatch, goes back across the palace room to to the Sultan unlocks the sultan's restraints as quietly as possible, exchanges 16 words with Kasim. Kasim takes the sultan from that throne to the edge of the room again, and trying to be sneaky. And after that, when Jasmine, uh, I I don't know why she waits, but she decides to sneak sometime after him. All of this takes place, just to be clear, the, the the palace throne room is basically a circle. It's not gigantic. There's full line of sight of everything in there, right? There's nothing in there. They have managed to like crisscross this room without Rakim noticing like five times in maybe like 20 seconds. And I just think that that is, that's skills. That's all I'm saying.
0: I can imagine that being amazing if you were seeing it animated with the animation, you know, foregrounded on Aladdin t- and Rakim talking and then in the background, you just see like, you know, dude 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 like Jasmine, like crossing back and forth. Yeah. And these things.
1: I, I would yeah. love it. Yeah.
2: it I would have read so well in the cartoon, like just like Genie's transformations would have. I just felt like the, um, the description could have punched up a little.
0: So we've been kind of circling the plot issues here. But let's just be clear, it's kind of a boring mess, the whole conflict with Rakim. It's like, Mm -hmm. because like you said, Tarn, there's like multiple times they need to escape one way or another, or try to rescue each other. They Like, um, Kasim and Yago have to trek back to the cave to fetch the jewel again, and like, you know, find the incantation to shove Rakim back into it, and then they walk back. But nothing much interesting happens while they're gone, honestly. And then like, they try to get him into the jewel a couple of times, and kind of fails, and like... I cannot keep it straight in my head which is a bad thing in terms of plot because it just kind of means that it all blurred together into sort of a, a muddle of like general conflict and like you commented earlier Tarin, also it's just like Rakim doesn't seem like a threat because he just doesn't he doesn't seem to have the motivation to actually kill anyone or like try all that hard like they escape at one point it's just like eh whatever I, they'll, they'll probably if they come back i will squash them they come back at some point
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, I I feel like the only real through line in the plot that I found vaguely interesting is that the author indicates that Aladdin is injured. Like in one of the various at, at one of the various times that Aladdin's like slammed into a wall or hit with dark magic, he actually gets gets hurt enough that everyone's super worried. Of course, he's not so hurt that he can't catch Jasmine when she's flying through midair like after she's blasted with magic, and then run with her body while she's, you know, tied up to his hideout apparently upstairs. But enough that he needs to sleep then, and then apparently after that he's fine. Also, Cassim gets hurt and you're like, Wow, both of these people are hurt. Never matters. Um I don't know why I found it interesting but maybe because usually it seems like the, the various injuries to Aladdin don't really matter in any of the movies. I think one of the episodes, he broke his ribs, um, if I remember correctly. But other than that, it's like, usually these are cartoon characters who are not really affected by much. Um, but other than that, I don't know. I don't know if there's much to the plot other than they figure out they need to get the sapphire which for some reason was left back at the cave area back into his staff and say an incantation and boom and they try that and eventually they do jasmine does it so she finally gets <laughs> like in context like she is treated as a damsel in distress that the entire rest of the fic until the very last action scene and it's her like thinking Aladdin's dead cuz he falls off their balcony or whatever and he doesn't die but she like puts the sapphire in the staff and then they say the incantation and then it's everything's good that's the that's the plot like all of that could have happened in like 2 chapters but it is stretched out over a lot of chapters. But there was a lot of unintentional comedy um in a lot of this fanfic. So at least there's that. That kept me me entertained. I don't know about y'all.
2: It's it's interesting like yeah, I've been trying to pin down what frustrated me about this because there are things that are really good, but it's redundant and I think it's actually just like the treatment of Jasmine's character that's the worst for me because like it's Rakeem thinking you're hot I want to get with you which also is not well motivated like we mentioned it's like what why um and then it's uh, uh there's multiple times uh Aladdin is thought to be dead or thought to be seriously injured and, and Jasmine gets to cry over it she just cries so many times I'm just like fine. Like, obviously it's a situation you would cry over if you thought your, your husband might be dead, but nobody else cries. It's just Jasmine crying all the time. Um, but what redeemed it was actually, yeah, that ending, the very, the second to last chapter, um, and the chapters are short, by the way. They're only like, some of them are just a couple paragraphs. Um, we said it was 28 chapters, but they're, they're very short chapters. What did redeem it is like Jasmine is the one who saves the day. I feel like that might've been where the author was driving towards is like, that she gets treated as an object, that she gets to be a damsel in distress, that all she does is cry over her presumably fallen husband. But in the end, she is strong and she matters. There's even a situation where they're going to return to the situation. And because Rakeem is trying to get with Jasmine and trying to capture her essentially, everybody, Kasib, Aladdin, they're all like, you can't come with us, don't come, like, you're the object here, and to be fair, that's, that's not actually bad, like, maybe she shouldn't be there if she's the one who's going to be in the most danger, but then again, Rakeem keeps trying to kill Aladdin, so, eh. uh, but yeah, she gets to be the one who matters the most and does the thing in the end, so I was like, okay, you wrapped it around, I accept it. <laughs>
0: Now, going back to Taran, what you said about there being unintentional comedy, bearing firmly in mind that the author was sixteen when they wrote this, uh Tarin, you did take some notes about certain term turns of phrase that made you laugh, right?
1: I did, yeah. Um and honestly, like as someone who who wrote a fic as a child and, and it had various parts that were unintentionally funny, I appreciate those parts the most. So I would hope th- the author would appreciate these parts, which are probably only funny to people who are adults and of a certain age, like us old people. But yeah, so when the author, for example, when the author talks about Kasim or um, Rick, Rickim, like mounting a horse, she refers to it as boarding a horse. So like, you fed the horse a carrot and then boarded on its back, for example. Um, and then all these-
2: Putting a horse into a daycare, right? You know, like you board your dog, you board your horse. Yeah, it's true. You maybe do that's board what horses. they were saying. Yeah.
1: That would give me a very different <laughs> understanding of what happened in this. But Here, I'll, just, I'll just run through some of my favorites. Aladdin stumbled over to Jasmine and put his arm around her waist in a dominative manner or jasmine stole a tiny glance over her shoulders and winked slightly like, that was just funny to me because i'm like I'm imagining someone stealing a glance and long enough to wink i don't know um
2: also, what is slightly winking but like a half wink like yeah i can imagine try, try that, that as a half wink, wink.
1: it's okay, like an eye is. twitch
2: <laughs> Difficult to perform at best.
1: Jasmine nodded. I'm going to sleep with Aladdin tonight. The Sultan nodded. <laughs> like out of context. <laughs> like that actually Sorry. actually, actually yeah, like they're talking about sleeping, right? But but the weird thing is that like a couple sentences later, it's like Aladdin was laying on the crumbling steps. Jasmine laying on the step right underneath him. Like, these people are injured. Why are they laying on on a stairway? Uh, maybe these are big enough steps that you can lay across an entire one?
2: That should be lying, right? Like, you lie yourself down, you lay something else down. Yeah, like,
0: but nope. that's an understandable confusion.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, not a big deal. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> as long as we're nitpicking. <laughs>
1: At the end of chapter four, it says, when Yago and Kasim are on their way to the temple, it says, Kasim knew it would be a peaceful trip to the temple. It's like, oh, that's nice. the beginning of the chapter five, it says, the trip to the temple was peaceful, as Kasim had planned it would be. It's like,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, plan things. Things go according to plan. That's what we want.
2: It just is kind of the fanfic. It's like, there's a lot of redundancy. I don't know if it's bad it's just like things do sort of go to plan and then they don't go to plan but they don't go to plan the way that you might have thought they wouldn't go to plan you know
0: well Tori you said you know you said I don't know if it's bad I I'm comfortable saying it's it's not a good story from any objective stance but I do kind of want to pull back a little bit and look at it in the context of the community that it was serving, rather than us who are, you know, poking at it from, uh, you know, tw- what twenty five years, twenty three years in the future, if it was written in ninety eight or something, is that right? Mm-hmm. There's twenty four comments, um, or reviews for the story on the website, and I, I'd like to point out first that the author responded to practically every one of those. And that's cool, and it kind of shows the sort of community that they had going there. And remembering also this author was one of the more prolific commenters on the site for other people's stories as well. Um, But people... People praising things... One of the things I see multiple people commenting on is the use of Kasim, who someone says is not easy to do since he's only in one movie. And someone commenting on like showing Kasim's love for Aladdin in the way that he's, like, you know, coming out of hiding and putting himself at in danger and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, people praise the suspense, which might have also worked better if you were not sitting down and reading it in one sitting, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Like, it might have worked better serialized then, kind of as a text all complete. And let's see... Those are the the major things I would say that that people in the community at the time were praising. I see one comment say, yeah, you did it kind of slow at the end, but that's okay because it got finished. I don't think that's even in the context of the story plot being slow. I think that might have been slow in terms of the author writing the chapters or something. Um,
2: I, I think it must be because it doesn't feel like it slows down near the end.
0: So. Yeah but i do i do appreciate just like the general praise of people being able to finish serialized stories at all which like does not happen you know there's plenty of fanfics where that does not happen and we accidentally tried to review some of them and so just you know having the follow through at all is praiseworthy frankly
2: yeah similarly what i would praise is is that i think the author was really smart in their scope of this because like I mentioned before, the chapters are really short. So they were just like having to crank out a short chapter. However, they, they still have something happening in every chapter. We've definitely read fanfic where like things linger, nothing happens, like the, you know, the prose just goes on. They have something happen, it might get a little redundant. But they set themselves up to have action in every chapter, despite some of those chapters being really short. So I feel like that's, probably a good way to write for serialized stuff right like you were just starting out you were like i want to put out this serialized thing have something to happen every chapter but have it be short enough that you can just be like bing bang boom i'm done it's a smart writing style for sure
1: yeah and i think given what i consider the rest of the fixed writing quality i don't think the, i don't think the most important like description in the fic was bad and and by that i mean i don't think that sort of dynamic scenes were written poorly like i i got a pretty good sense like I, a pretty good visual in my mind of what was happening even if a lot of the time it didn't really make logical sense it's like eh, it's good enough you know maybe that's yeah but- praise i don't know <laughs>
2: I don't know the, the the visuals are good. They just um sometimes the descriptions were flat, but they weren't non-descriptive. Like you could still see everything. And I think that's that's worthwhile to praise.
0: Well, I feel like we might be naturally leading into finishing out this episode with complaints and praise. But that's I feel like that's kind of all we've been talking about the whole fanfic because we We didn't need to delve into the intricacies of the plot so much. yeah. Um, But let's see, I guess we can say, is there anything that we want to complain about that we have not yet?
1: So I don't like the characterizations in this fic. Um, I think that Aladdin comes off as even like less... He's 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 not exactly less humble. It's just that he seems to think that everything revolves around him. Like more so than anyone else, which I guess in a sense it does. But the genie and carpet and everyone else, they all like matter a lot, at least in the show, especially the genie in the movies. Like the genie is his powerhouse. And everyone's concerned with the genie. I don't know if I should be saying the genie or just a genie anyway. Um, and it feels so like... Genie the
0: genie time. <laughs> it, it
1: it it feels like Aladdin's sort of too full of himself. Um, and sort of adopting more of a parental role too. Because all the other character characters are kind of more juvenile than maybe they normally are. I don't know um iago is more annoying he basically just like iago's thing is that he's like really sarcastic and to some extent mis- misanthropic but like he's kind of tells it like it is a lot of the time and like everyone else, else is like let's let's do this idealistic thing he's like are you crazy and that's like that's iago and this he's like i'm gonna make a sarcastic comment about every single thing that happens. Putting everything in negative light, no matter what. It's like, that's, I mean, I get what you're seeing from that character, but it's it's not. I have a soft spot for Iago because I was really convinced by Return of Jafar. Like, I thought of it as a great redemption story for that character. That entire movie is about Iago rather than Aladdin, which I thought was awesome. And like, yes, like more songs than any other character. I don't know they needed a way to get Gilbert Gottfried um, from being a villain to a, like a, a series regular. So I don't know. Yeah. Tori.
2: Yeah. Well, it's just, I agree with that. It's just funny because like there are points where I feel like the characterization is actually spot on, but those points are like moments of dialogue that feel very true to the character. So I think you're correct in that sense. And like, there's another correctness there, too, as well. It's that every character in a scene, their dialogue will read like the character. It's just they're never given another scene to demonstrate another aspect of their character, right? Like, every character is is pretty much one note. is always just like, I'm going to transform and make a joke. Yeah, goes like, I'm going to talk about how I like jewels and, like, maybe be reluctantly affection to Abu, you know? And Aladdin, though, is actually the one that felt, if I was gonna go into criticism here, the worst to me. Cause like Jasmine, okay, I hate that she has to play damsel in distress so often, but like the situation legitimately requires her to be sad, upset, or scared. Um, Aladdin's just like, I don't even know if he has a personality in this. He's just like, I'm a fight for my girl. And then he does like, I can't remember one moment of his dialogue that stood out to me or one thing that he did. That wasn't just like, I'll attack Rakim now, or I'll come up with a plan that is, I don't know. It's a plan. He felt like he wasn't really there except as maybe like a vehicle to like make things go along. And as for someone to, to, for Jasmine to cry over because he may or may not be dead. Surprise. He does not die. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Actually the last scene um, felt a little impotent to me because they, it's like a third time they think he's dead. He gets knocked off the side of the the palace, you know, through those open windows that like, wow, how many times have they they've been attacked? Like maybe they shouldn't just have those there. Um, and they think he's fallen to his death, but he just ends up clinging to the side. And you're just like, yeah, hey, I... sure. Yeah, at
1: that, at that point, I was, I'm like, why are they as default assuming that he's dead at this point? Like, they should be default assuming he's mm-hmm. fine. Especially if he's falling off of something, and it's perfectly likely that he's just going to grab the edge, because he's, they actually say he's got superhuman reflexes. Um, anyway... How about yeah. you, How about you, Amato? Any big gripes we haven't mentioned?
0: No, I think I got them all out of the way. Which means I think we can probably move on to praise to finish off this episode. Uh, is there anything that we want to praise that we haven't yet or that we want to reiterate on our way out?
1: I have a couple more quotes that half of them are praise. Half of them are I enjoyed them. And so I'm just going to say them, all right? Okay, so you have my permission. <laughs> thank you. So at one point it says Genie turned into a mother-looking stereotype figure. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. You know, like <laughs> like I think everyone knows what that means, you know, but like just referring to it as a stereotype figure, I you know, I was like, yeah, I don't need any more description than that. That is perfectly efficient. Um, and then... So, at one point, Rakim finishes fighting, takes Jasmine, who he grievously like injured, and lays her down on a bed, goes to sit on the throne, and says, Oh, Kriseis, I'm so bored. Right? Like... This dude has been in constant conflict for like what must be hours at that point and he's super bored yeah. and I'm like that kind of gives me a good idea of like of this character even though um he's he he is just sitting on the throne thinking about what he's how he's going to conquer the next city and I don't really know why that's takes so much concentration but maybe he's recharging his magic I don't know so There's that.
2: Yeah. You know, that's been everything you would say about Rakim being kind of a reiteration of other characters. Like, maybe that comes from the fact that, like, the elements of his personality aren't expounded upon because he actually does have a few moments where I'm just like, what is going on in this guy's head? Like, he seems like he likes Jasmine, but then he gets really lazy about it. So, there are some really funny things in that. And also, like, you know, this, like to praise it, like I can see this as an alive episode. I just, it's like, and that's why sometimes I get disappointed is like, I wish the times in the Genie transforms, it was less like he did this and it was more like what people reacted to. Cause oftentimes it'll be like Genie transformed into a fighter pilot or like a radio announcer. These people have no context for what that is. I would have liked to see it from their perspective. That being said, I know it sounds like criticism, but in the praise element, it's like that is exactly what Genie would do. Also, side note: Is Genie a time traveler? He must be, right? So
1: okay. So there's a big debate about this, and and a popular theory online that Aladdin takes place in a post-apocalyptic future, and Genie was present at the time of modern day, and that's why Genie knows about all of this all makes all these references. Um. Kind of like an adventure time style thing, but which I like, but this fic explicitly denies that because Genie says at one point that, um, that yeah, that won't
2: happen for another yeah, 300 years,
1: years. So, so no, and in this fic, it's, it's in the past of, of the real world. Um, I just wanted to also say in praise that, like, something I, I can honestly Praise about a fanfic is if it want, makes me want to write fanfic of its source material, and I can say, like, reading this, I was like, oh, huh, kind of fun to delve into the Aladdin world, you know? Like, I guess in ways, this is like has the appropriate level of earnestness to um, make, to make me kind of excited about fleshing fleshing out that and playing with that world.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah, in definitely. terms of what to flesh out the author had good instincts for a post-Aladdin, you know, series and uh, King of Thieves fanfic. Hitting on kind of emphasizing relationships like Iago and Kasim, Aladdin and Kasim, Aladdin needing to grow into the role of, you know, of Sultan, or chafing against it. Like, those are all good things to focus on. And I didn't, you know, I could complain about the execution of all of those in this fanfic, but like, I think the author had that feeling of like, this is where you could go with these characters from the end of the series and have it be kind of like a logical extension. And I think that made it, that that helped it feel like a good attempt. Yeah, I agree. And like you yeah. said, Tarn, it also makes, makes you kind of think about, oh, how could you kind of expand on this or continue from here or do these things with these characters?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like I, I, I did. I, I wanted more from Kasim after this. Like, even though you know, didn't get that much inside his head, like I felt like he was more of a character in this to me than he was in the movie. You know, I was like, oh, he, he cares about his son. Like, that feels real. And then I also just want to hear Genie's time travel stories. Like, does he know the whole future and he's just not telling any of his friends? Anyway. (laughs)
0: Um, Well, he's in the same position as Merlin from Sword in the Stone, basically, right? I mean, in terms of the kind of character he is. But Merlin lives backwards or something? Is that right? Is that a different version of the King Arthur myth?
2: Uh, I think think it's unclear in in the Sword in the Stone movie if you asked me
0: i would just assume with genie that he can scry into the future but probably not the near future because you know maybe that's more difficult right or maybe not even like very maybe not even in that kind of a controlled way and i would say that he had literally nothing else to do but randomly scry the future for hundreds of years trapped in that lamp just like keep himself entertained
2: i don't know i always got the like the feeling that he'd experienced it because he could transform himself like so directly into these scenes
0: well i mean i'm just writing my own like a... Aladdin fan fiction here so you can go your own direction
2: yeah <laughs> that's fair we'll write two fanfics and whichever one of us writes the better one our theory will be correct
0: if you're thinking about the the smurfs brainy's glasses bet That actual Tori, was whoever actually writes a fanfic wins that argument. Not even whose is better.
2: Well, it remains to be seen who actually writes the fanfic. (laughs) My bet is on you.
0: We'll see. Okay, well I think that probably closes it out for this fanfic, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't think there's anything else I specifically want to say. Um, thank you, Mystic Mig, for letting us do this. As if you gave us permission, which you didn't. I just did it. Sorry about that. Um, but I I was happy to kind of find a lens like this through which to talk about Aladdin, the TV show and expanded universe, with you too. Yeah. Speaking of the Aladdin-Expanded Universe fine. Tart, it can't be in the future because Hercules is happening at the same time right over there. And you're not telling uh, me that Hercules takes place in the future. I mean, there is
1: <laughs> there is magic with Hercules. Does, is there any reason to believe Hercules isn't in the future? Uh, yes. What, what is because it? Because
0: the entire framing story is the muses telling you about the past. And, you know, Hercules, who was a great hero in the past, like... You know working off of grecian urns like it's greece it's historical greece with sports drinks and celebrities
1: mm.
2: or it's a post-apocalyptic future that just happens to be just
0: like ancient greece
2: including the gods wasn't that the the, the literal argument that was just made the tar said about the uh aladdin series but aladdin
0: well, she- is not Specific, it's you know, it's not specific Middle Eastern countries, right? It's like based on the Arabian Nights kind of aesthetic and you know, theming and that kind of thing. But it's not like it's not Baghdad, you
2: know, it's it's okay, Agrabah. It, it's still, I feel like it's just as closely connected to a real place as like the Hercules version of ancient Greece is, to be honest. <laughs>
1: It's possible that the genie gets them to some sort of grease somehow, but I gotta be honest, like, the TV show, if it's considered canon, which I consider it canon, um, it shows a lot of parts of the world which are not destroyed as if in a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> so, unlike the, like, the movies, like, that makes it a harder argument for me.
0: All right there. Well, okay. We'll, we'll just have to, to leave that argument, I think. We'll return to it later when we write our Aladdin fanfiction ourselves. Um,
1: and Maybe maybe fanfiction that incorporates more of the show, because the show includes such amazing actors as Jason Alexander, as Abismal, you know?
2: it's an amazing character. That's true. And um, didn't... Uh... Was it was't the land show i'm thinking of something else but the the person who played um Rufio, wasn't he in that show
1: <laughs> i don't know probably they had like tim curry and all that and um and i think my favorite Dante part of Bosco. the show was that aladdin was constantly like the source of all of the affection of all of these ladies and it makes a lot of sense too because yeah. even though he's like super poor like they all have magic so wealth doesn't really matter to them they're just like this guy seems like a plucky guy let's anyway
0: (laughs) pluckiness is what I look for in a mate for sure
1: yeah
2: also Hot, (laughs) hot hot attack (laughs) hot and plucky that's what we all want I like
0: my mates like i like my fried chicken hot and plucked that's not quite the same as plucky
2: is it not quite no close i think you may be veering into some territory you don't really want to enter though i don't know you that well so that's fair just kidding i know you pretty well <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right this was episode 108 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, and it's like the eighth time you've been on, Tarn, or something like that. Thanks for for pinch-hitting for us all the time.
1: You are welcome.
0: And this was... What's the title of this fanfic? Um, Jeweled Entrapment. Jeweled Entrapment by Mystic Meg. You can find a copy of it, possibly on fanfiction.net, but also with slightly unfortunate formatting at the Library of Agrabah, which is probably where I'm going to share the link to, because that's where we've been reading from. The intro song for the podcast is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. The one who edits in that music and hopefully edits out us making extra noise is Dom Davis. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly retrofanfic You can also find us on Twitter at RetroFanfic and a few other places uh, with a similar handle like Instagram and Facebook. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, you can also contact us by email at RetroFanficRetrospective at gmail.com. And you can leave comments, reviews on Apple Podcasts or uh, YouTube. You can leave them on the YouTube versions of these episodes that go up there and we'll see them. You could also seal them in a lamp for a thousand years. But yeah, speaking of which, we got a comment on one of our old episodes that was, you know, through YouTube. It was posted on YouTube as well. Tori, about the Final Fantasy VII internet series. Oh, cool. Which I thought were fun episodes. We had enough fun that we split it into two episodes.
2: Totally. Yeah, we had fun talking about that.
0: And this commenter was basically uh, saying, like, they were happy that someone was going back. Let me pull up the text. This comment was from Jason Abel. Who said, thanks for doing these. I was so into his website and stories when I was 10. Now, here I am almost 20 years later, and I still poke around for info about it from time to time. I guess at that age, some stuff just gets deeply imprinted on you, as strange as this one is. And I can definitely relate. you know, me going back and checking the website for Sailor Moon 4200 after however many years or
2: whatever. I kind of wish the, uh, fan art sites I used to check all the time when I was like 12 were still up and running, but they are mm-hmm. not.
0: Well, that's what I like about doing this show also is just that all of these things, you know, on the one hand are so easily forgotten on the internet, all of these like little works of fiction and literature, or in some cases, very big works of them that get lost in the sands of time and just the pile up of more and more internet content. But on the, and so I like, you know, pulling them out and looking at them again. But on the other hand, also like people do remember these things. Like uh, for every fanfic that we've discussed, there's, you know, some people who remember it, I'm sure at the very least, the people who wrote it and to whom it was like a memorable piece of fiction that like they otherwise might not ever hear discussed again. Yeah. There were hundreds of people involved in this, you know, Library of Agrabah fan community for Aladdin fan fiction. And I'll bet a lot of them read this fanfic.
1: Not me, though. No, never just lurked yeah. on the Library of Agrabah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible community member. I don't need any exposure.
2: Oh, Aladdin the series fan fiction, though. I feel like they're uh, such a great idea. I wish I'd thought of it.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not too late. But until we finally produce that fanfiction that Tori, you seem inspired to do, we're gonna close out this episode, I think. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Tarin. We're just three Earth life forms trying to get through another Arabian night. Until next time, take care.
1: Retro fan F- 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 night. I don't I can't do it. I don't know. It's not really an Arabian night, as much as
2: it is like the swirling night. I guess the
0: difference is that um, incredible feats are not repeated every hour or so. Yeah.